Rabbi Siegel, 21 July. Started off our whole. This is we've been working on Zikaron for a long time, and it's been quite difficult to get together and a lot. If you find that out, um, but we started off with the Mrs. Show how a person needs to create a connection between them, those ideas which he has inside of him and incorporating them into his daily life. And then we went around a few different notions of event memory, of cognitive memory, of an idea, concept memory, event memory. We went to the to last week to the current of Yerma Misa where you see that the memories that you cause to be summoned by yourself, certain ones should be summoned consistently, others should be preserved for the right time and the right place. <coughs> but I think the whole, the whole Yusoid needs a little bit of adjustment. And more and more, even though we've been hovering around this point repeatedly, but I'm more and more inclined to suggest that the Zikardian Torah really is very different from the concept of memory in English. Memory in English is very much tied into something which really occurred, which happened. Whereas it seems as if the more accurate translation of Zikarin is a conscious awareness. It's not necessarily based on past or future. It's creating within my mind space a conscious awareness of what is. And that conscious awareness creates a lens, and that lens is a way of looking at the world, and in the way you look at the world, that's how you behave. So the whole sugi of Zikaran is trying to create the correct perspective of what the world is all about. Now there's an Orchus Chaim Rosh. At the end of the first day, Simon Chof Vav, the Rosh writes that Livtoach Bashem, Livtoach Bashem, rely on Hashem, Bechol Levavcha, entirely, entirely, just give yourself over to the Evishta. Don't have to worry. Ulahamin Bashkochosoya Pratis, and have a in the Hashkocha, meaning the fact that everything occurs for a reason and it's, 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 it's from coming from somewhere, it's not random. And that's how you'll be able to internalize to Kayim Bilvavecha. It will be an experience. You'll experience world, you'll experience the world in a state of being unified. Things won't be disparate. It won't be that here I see Hashem, there's no Hashem. Here is good, here is bad. This is this is going in this direction. Rather there'll be a level of continuity integration and connection between things which occur. As life goes on, so different things, even though coming from different, areas, different <coughs> directions, some good, some bad, will always be functioning in the same, going in the same direction, coming from the same place. 
the marshal. You can interpret interpret events as you can use different lenses. You can use a lens of a middle. You can use a lens of let's say hashkoch. So he says. The Rosh says you have to be b'tech b'ashem. That you'll see the world as a unity. Let's wait a little bit further and then we'll come back. To know about HaKadosh Baruch That his eyes over the entire world, meaning external events, things that occur around you are being watched. They're there, they're being guided. The Einov I'll call Darkeish. And on a personal level, they're also looking at me. HaKoshbuch is looking at me. He's looking at me personally. And how much is he looking at me personally? Uvoichain Lev. He evaluates, tests where I am, my Lev, that's where I exist. He looks exactly where I am. Vechoiker Kloyos. And then he investigates my premises, my, my paradigms. That's the Kloyos of Yoyatzeis. He, the, 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 the way that I'm what I'm using to make my decisions he evaluates so that seems to be a standard description of a matzav of bitochen of emunah and then he goes on to an astonishing assumption or astonishing conclusion because if you don't believe in in the Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, so then you don't believe in Anoich Hashem Akecho. So he says, he catches us by surprise. He says, you have to have Emunah, you have to be Tochon, you have to realize everything comes from the same place, you have to have awareness that he can see into you. And the implication is, because if you don't, so then, you're a Koifer in Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. And if you're a koifer in Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, you're a koifer in Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. In other words, he looks at, he looks at seeing life as Ashkocha, that's Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. And if you're not willing to see the Ashkocha in the world, so then you better don't believe in Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. And if you don't believe in Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, so then you're a koifer in Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. is not relevant to you. is not some vague notion of a higher power. It's that Everything that occurs in my day-to-day life, from the very fact that there's blood coursing through my veins, because Marcus Bechorus stopped people in mid-breath. So the fact that you can continue breathing is because the Kosh is not making a Marcus Bechorus or a Marcus Stam. So it means that the fact that my heart is pumping is because there's someone pumping my heart. Vohoraya, Marcus Bechorus. The fact that I bumped into a particular person and he said certain words to me is Ashkocha because you see from the Mitzrim that the Ashkocha was absolutely tailor-made that you'd have a Mitzri and a Jew and the Mitzri would be living in 
absolute darkness and the Jew would walk about through darkness. So you see that you can have two people existing in the same space and for one person he needs to experience X and the other person needs to experience Y and Koshboch can give him the ability to experience X and him the ability to experience Y and that's perfectly legitimate even though they're in the same space. So there's significance and he's doing it for this reason I'm doing it for this reason that does make a difference. We can both be sipping from the same glass of water and the mystery blood and the Jew water. So you see that there's that Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is the he goes on to say Ve'edah Yichud Shalem if a person believes in God and doesn't believe in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim so that's not Yichud Shalem ki zehi segulas Yisrael akol ha'akum this is what the Yidin have above everyone else is that they experience Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim V'zei Yisoyed kol ha'tarakula V'zei Yisoyed kol ha'tarakula V'zei Yisoyed kol ha'tarakula he says that the lens of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is not just an agav it's Yisoyed that Be'etzim a person can't live life without using that lens. Now what is that lens? It goes back to the Koran of Yitzhak Mizraim. That a person needs to have a conscious awareness of what occurred and that can frame his life. You have to be able to borrow, you have to be able to bring back, you have to be able to integrate something which isn't part of your sensory experience and create it as the mind frame the eyes from which you view the world. So that's a big Hiddush. The big Hiddush is that it's, this is a Hiddush. It's clear that the, 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 the Rosh is, is presenting that without Yitzhak Mitzrayim, you can't have a Muninashkocha practice. I can't have a Muninashkocha practice. You're a big man, you know all about it. Why can't you use your own life as a Muninashkocha practice? It seems to be that in order for Ashkocha practice to work, in order for you to able, be able to see X, you need to be looking through Y. <laughs> You can't see, nothing in the world speaks Be'etzim in our world. Could be in the world of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, it did speak Be'etzim. The Kriyas Yamsuf, the Makas. Then the world told something to you. You saw that Shkocha. But in our world, it's all interpretive. So the interpretation is based on the way you view things. So what Yitzhak Mitzrayim was, was a presentation of a vision of what the world is then you mean to grasp that vision and now every time you see something you have the means to explain what's occurring without the Yitzhak Mitzrayim so then there's no intimate knowledge of what things are things will always be interpretive in other words bringing it down to Practicality. I recently hired a car. And when I hired the car, the person who gave me the car to hire it was, uh, he said the, the tank has to be full beyond the gauge. And he showed me what it should look like and he said the way you do that is when you put in the petrol into the car make sure that it overflows slightly from the, from the tank. Okay. So what happened is I, I hired the car and I drove it and then I filled it up and I went to the petrol station and I put the, the nozzle into the tank and I pulled the 
handle and and it stopped immediately because the car was full. I hardly had used any petrol. So I realized that this guy was wanted. Had I had noticed the gauge had gone down somewhat, so obviously wanted me to put in more than that. So I tried again, and a little squirt of petrol. Went in. I tried again, a little squirt of petrol. Went in. And then I thought, okay, well, let me try adjust this. So I'll remove the nozzle from the tank and just leave it at the lip of the tank and just put the petrol in. And after about three seconds, there was just like petrol all over the floor. So I thought, okay, because it spilled out. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just filling up petrol. Gavaldic, and I'll give it back to you. And I noticed that the gauge was perhaps a millimeter or two. It wasn't. It was like on the full line, but maybe it wasn't as far to the left as as it was before. So I was a little bit mistook if I'd done the right thing or not. I go to give the car back, and he switches on the car, and he looks at the gauge, and he says, "I told you to fill it." I said, "I filled it." He said, "No, I told you to." He said, this happens the whole time. People give me a car like this and lose money. This happens. I said, but really, I filled it. What, what do you want me to do? He said, you know, maybe I'm not an expert filler. I acknowledge that. Listen, so, no, it's ridiculous. And I told you, and there's like a little sign on the, on, the, on the sunshade which says, if you don't fill up the car, there'll be a hundred shekel fine. And he says, that's right. So I said, well, what do you want me to do? I tried as much as I, I tried. As, I did what I was meant to do. So then I was getting more and more worked up, and then I thought to myself, one second, let me not get into this argument. And I deliberately focused on just gaining composure. It's like, okay, listen, let's sort this out. How much do you want? Just let me pay the difference. So he says, well, there's no way of telling. I said, look, let's work out how much there is in the tank, and we'll work out, we'll divide the the amount of money that it takes to fill the tank by the, the, the notches on the gauge and we can figure out approximately how much gauge is how much money and I'll pay you accordingly. So I was now calm and we were discussing this and he switched on the car again and then he looked at the gauge and he said, no, no, it's fine. So what had previously happened is when he first turned on the car, even though it had been on for the same amount of time, <coughs> for some reason, the gauge had only gone up to three quarters. So he was coming in with a tiny that I hadn't filled up the car bichlal and I'd used a quarter tank. And I was interpreting it that I hadn't filled it up and there was a millimeter difference. So he was saying it's not full. And I was saying, I realize it's not full. But what do you want me to do? And he's saying, you can't do this to me. And the entire machlokes revolved around an initial presentation which was completely inaccurate. And when he saw it, it was like the whole thing dissolved in a second. So I thought it was fascinating. So now, how do you see that through the eyes of your Tzitz Mitzrayim? The eyes of your Tzitz Mitzrayim is, there's Ashkocha Pratis. Kosh Bochu was mavkin, bain tipis bechor, betipis shayin bechor. Kosh Bochu was manik each and every person, every mitzvah, kosh mitzvah, kinegin mitzvah. There's a way that Kosh Bochu deals that he fashions our lives in accordance to what we need to learn for ourselves. So the way I understand it is there was a fantastic siyat in there. There was an Yisarin of Kaas, where Kosh Bochu said to me, by the way, there was a Nisarin of Kaas. Because the minute I switched my Kaas, he rechecked the gauge and the gauge was fine. So the only reason the gauge was distorted is because there was something I had to learn from the situation. So you see, that, that's living, that's a different type of life. It's a life where Kosh Bochu is there the whole time. He's very much present in my life. That's what the Rosh says. Lahamin apratis. That Koshbuch is with you the whole time. And then everything that happens to you takes a completely different light.
Let's call it Hayichud Hashalem. Hayichud Hashalem doesn't mean that there's things that happen stuff. Nothing happens down. It's all there to bring out an akuda. There's always a yichud behind the scenes. It's Ashkocha Pratis. Everything happens our people. is there. Yitzis Mitzrayim is with us. That's a lens. So that's a completely different musab of Zikaran. It's not a memory. A memory is, is something which, is, which is occurs to me. It's a conscious awareness of. It's a lens. Zikaran means have a lens. Have a lens. Because another eye. Okay, so that's one, one way of doing it. Now you see how the Torah went out of its way to inculcate this into us, that Yitzhak Mitzrayim becomes such a side of Kola Torah Kula, like the Rosh says, is that it's filling, it's a mitzvah's asset twice a day, it's Pesach, it's Matzah, which is Isu Chomer of Kores, there's a Bittu and a Biru Chometz, all the Yomtevi, Mosaic, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and then the Ramban basically says this in Surah Parashat's boy, the famous Ramban, and then he says, Nimsa, a person that puts a mezuzah on the door, he's already been made and everyone asks in the Ramban, one second, but in a mezuzah there's no Zechir, Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So why is, the, why is the Ramban bringing mezuzah into Zechir, Yitzhak Mitzrayim? But the the Rosh, it's understandable. Because the Rosh says the whole notion of y- of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is the Yichud. That's what Yitzhak Mitzrayim is. So when you put a mezuzah on the door, you're putting a shtick Yitzhak Mitzrayim on the door. You're saying, I understand that everything's in your hands, Abishta. I understand that everything's guided by you. I understand that there's no such thing as coincidence. I understand that nothing happens for no reason. And that everything is there for a purpose. So when you do that, so now you see how many vehicles and utensils Kosh gives us to be able to maintain this, that's fascinating. You've got tzitzis. So now you need a re'ya. So you need some type of prompt, which creates a zakhira. And the zakhira is a mind frame. And then there's an asiyah. The asiyah comes as a result of the re'ya and the zakhira. You need something to keep on knocking back into your mind the correct paradigm and the correct mind frame. So now it goes even further. Not only does the zikori create the mind frame, but it actually creates a different set of midas. There's a completely different set of midas which on this oru are the day a different mind frame. I'll give an example. I went into shul, and the person behind me switched on the fan. And then he pushed up the knob so it would blow directly on him. So I thought to myself, that's ridiculously selfish. Like he's the only person who wanted it. The, the wind of the fan, fan could definitely have blown on me as well, but since he is the only person in the world, so clearly the only reason there's a fan was for him. And as I was thinking to myself, Toch Kadei Dibur Mamash, as I was thinking to myself about how he's completely he's locked up inside of the world, I suddenly realized that it must have been maybe a minute or two prior to that, I come to the seat that I wanted to have knit and it was covered with swine. So I took all the swine and put them on the seat behind me. <laughs> what about the guys dabbling behind me? That's not my problem. I read the seat's made for me. So it was exactly what I had done was shown to me. What did I have done? 
and arrived at my spot and I said, the only important thing about here is that I have comfort in my spot. So you're right. The practical application of the cloud were different. But the Maisa, I said, what's ultimately important is that I have comfort in my spot because I'm the center of the universe and therefore I don't care what happens to anyone else. <laughs> and then, Torah said, look, that's you. So now, without the eyes of Yemuna and Ashkocha Pratis, so what happened that morning was, I took some swearing and I moved them and he put in a van. Throughout the eyes of Ashkocha Pratis, is, you see that the world has got a completely different nature to it. That the things which happen are relevant. So that changes middas. Previously my middle would have been one of indignation. And now my middle is one of introspection. Because why did that happen? And then, have the connection. I said, uh-huh. So previously I would have come out with Gaiva, and now I come out with Anova and Necheshek to be more considerate of other people. So the lenses don't only have like a major implication in terms of a belief system, that now I believe God's in the world, Catholic. But actually on the Prite Protim of daily life, the mensch that you become through events hitting you, transforms. Another example, I was in the Bas Tumadi Inn, and there were um, a left turn, and cars lining up because it was a very short traffic light. And a taxi jumped the queue to go to the front of the line. So as he's going towards the front of the line, the bus driver says, Don't let him go inside, even though no one can hear him. <coughs> and then, shortly afterwards, shortly afterwards, another car comes and follows him, and the person behind, I was three, I was the second row from the bus driver, and the person behind the bus driver looks at them and goes, Chazirim. Pigs. It's fascinating. So what happened there? So now, what must you be thinking, what lens must you be looking at the world through in order to, and we have no idea why these people jumped the queue. There's massive assumptions going on. It could be because they're selfish, egotistical individuals, they couldn't be bothered to wait for three minutes. It could be that they're in a massive rush to invite an important business meeting. It could be someone's sick. It could be someone's just lost a dear relative and on their way to comfort them while the dead body's in the home. It could be that someone's just been diagnosed with a terrible illness and they want to be with the person. It could be a thousand, or you have no idea. You've got actually no legitimate right to be able to say if these people are right or wrong at this point in stage. You can say that they are doing something which is out of the norm, but in terms of are they extenuating circumstances, you have no clue. So if that's true, what makes you apply a derogatory label on them. It's quite simple. You have a lens. In the lens is they're either going to inconvenience me by two or three seconds by going in front of me and we'll make the traffic lights or else they're going to inconvenience me by three minutes whereby I'll miss the light because I moved two back in the row and they cause that to happen. But literally it's a difference of seconds ultimately. But it could evolve into a difference of perhaps a minute or two because that's the extent of the traffic light. So now, what do I have to be thinking <coughs> I have to be thinking that, and you're not talking about anyone's in a particular rush, because bus drivers, they themselves know that there's room for movement. He wasn't late on his route, and the person behind him was his child's grandfather who was taking his grandkids home. So it wasn't like anyone's in a massive rush to get anywhere. So you have to be thinking as follows, that since the world revolves around me, and these people have inhibited my time, therefore they are disgusting. So it's an absurd way of thinking. The lens, that lens is a crazy lens. Such a distortion. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And the middle, so therefore it brings out Kais, Nivul Peh. 
Whereas if the middle would be Hashgacha, it would be, <coughs> why are these people in my life holding me up? Am I perhaps not machshiv in other people's time? Or a different world. So another Zerizos perhaps will help you with thinking about other people. So actually, the, seeing the life through the eyes of Ashkocha, of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, is a huge transformation of Midas, and it's quite impossible to work on Midas without it. In terms of real life situations, you can work on Midas, but you won't actually work on Midas. So what was even more hilarious, which was the twist in the tale, is I was describing this to another Shir, and I went on to say the famous vote of of Rabbi Nachman of Breslev, that whenever a person is guilty of a particular uh, Avera and Haga, shows him that in front of his eyes in order that he can decide whether he's guilty or innocent. And if he, someone, Nasan Anavi goes to David Amelech and he says, What would be with the rich man? And he's got all these sheep, and there's a poor man with one cherry sheep, and then the rich man has a guest and he shakes the poor man's sheep to give it to his guest. What about the man, Dr. Menech says, Ben Misadu? Nasan Navi says, That's you. You took Bathsheba from Uriachiti. So, Akash Baruch always shows you a situation which is similar to yours, has the same cloud, and then he allows you to decide if the person is innocent or, or guilty. And if you make him guilty, then you're guilty. If you make him innocent, you're innocent. So, I was attaching that vote to the situation, and I was saying, Therefore, it's so crucial that a person. So now you see where the midas go in. Harry, I just gone and described how the person sitting in front of me was such a mushkas. <laughs> Meaning, the person that Koshboch was showing me as a reflection of myself, took day, me saying the vote, I described how he was a mushkas, not carrying the vote while I was saying it. You following me? So now you see how tricky the midas are. And that without this hasoga of Ashkocha, so then a person can work on his midas, but he can never really live life with good midas. You'll never be able to live life with good midas. Because the distortion that your mind creates will create a series of different lenses which will then distort everything thereafter. So therefore, Zikorin of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is a lens in with which we can perceive the world. And it's not only crucial, Mitzad Emuna and Ashkocha and Ikra Emuna, but it's Yusoyit Kula Kula, not only in as much as that's what it is, but in the way I live my life and what midas I have and who I will become. It's amazing Chidush. That's Orchaz Chaim Rosh. Simen Chothov. Okay. The end.